Have you ever met someone who clung to falsehood, even in the face of overwhelming truth? To those who love themselves and hate God, the truth is an uncomfortable obstacle. Many people would prefer to destroy the truth instead of embracing the truth. This means they must attempt to destroy Jesus Christ, who embodies the truth. For the religious leaders of Jesus' day, there was a literal attempt to destroy Jesus. Here's Stephen Davy with today's lesson. The well-known Scottish author and pastor George MacDonald once wrote back in the 1800s, when someone argues for victory instead of truth, he can be sure of one ally, and that is the devil. Well, we're watching the opponents of Jesus right now mount an attack, and and they're not interested in the truth. They're only interested in winning. And you can be sure their ally is the devil himself. Now, Jesus is just a few days away from his crucifixion, and he knows it. He entered Jerusalem on Sunday, and then on Monday we watched him drive those merchants and money changers out of the temple again. And now it's Tuesday morning, and Jesus has returned to teach here in the temple. This marks the beginning of a a rather long day, and there are going to be a number of challenges from the religious uh, leaders. I want to follow Matthew's uh, account of this day here in chapter 21 and verse 23. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Well, they're just upset that he's teaching, so they want his credentials. They they want to see his driver's license. Well, the, the parallel accounts over in Mark and Luke add that the scribes are present along with the elders and chief priests. Now, these three groups, chief priests, scribes, and, and elders, make up the Jewish Council of Seventy, known as the Sanhedrin. That's That's Israel's Supreme Court. So this isn't some solitary policeman here. This is the entire court system tracking Jesus down, wanting to see his his documents, so to speak. Well, the chief priests were among the party, the Sadducees, and the scribes were primarily Pharisees. The elders were tribal leaders, and many of them served in the priesthood. So these representatives of the Sanhedrin come up to Jesus and, and essentially ask him for his driver's license, so to speak. Who gave you the right, you know, to drive around the temple precinct doing whatever you want to do? Well, their question uh, is a legitimate one. The leaders of the Jewish nation were responsible to keep false teachers, you know, off the road, so to speak. They're, they're trying to pull Jesus over here, and now they're trying to get him into a, 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 a cul-de-sac, so to speak. Because they want him to stop driving, and and they want to take the keys away. Now, they know he never studied under the respected rabbis, so he doesn't have the credentials from some local seminary. And if Jesus says, well, I'm authorized by God, well, they can accuse him of, of blasphemy for suggesting he's speaking for God. Now, Jesus is fully aware that they're trying to trick him, so he quickly turns it back on them here in verse 24. 
Jesus says, I will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. In other words, if you answer my question, I'll answer your question. Here it is. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? (laughs) Well, the pressure's now on them. You see, the prophet, John the Baptist, had not been endorsed by these leaders either, but the people recognized him as a true prophet from God. So if the leaders deny John's prophetic ministry, well, that's going to make the crowd angry. But if they acknowledge John as a true prophet of God, they're going to confess to their own guilt because they rejected him. And they're also rejecting Jesus, who was introduced by John the Baptist as the Messiah. So as we say in the South, these religious leaders are in a pickle. So they huddle up here in verse 25, you know, to talk it over. If we say his authority was from heaven, Jesus will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. Well, the leaders break out of, out of their you know, little huddle And they say to Jesus here in verse 27, we do not know. Well, (laughs) they should have known. And the truth is, they did know. And they also knew who empowered Jesus. They just didn't want to give up their traditions and their sin and their power and their prestige and allow Jesus to rule over their lives. Well, with that, Jesus refuses to answer their question. And he knows they're not interested in the truth anyway. But now Jesus doesn't stop with that. He now delivers three parables that all relate to the religious leader's rejection of him. The first parable begins here with verse 28. A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Well, when Jesus asks the crowd which of these two sons did his father's will, the hearers, you know, they give the obvious answer here in verse 31, the first son. He refused at first, but regretted his words and then did what his father asked. The other other son promised obedience, but he never followed through. Now, in case the religious leaders missed the point. Jesus says to them here in verse 31, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. Wow, this is a this is a stunning rebuke. The two kinds of people considered most sinful in all of Israel were tax collectors and prostitutes. And Jesus says here they're getting into the kingdom before the chief priests, scribes, and elders. And he goes on now in verse 32 to explain why. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. Well, the meaning is obvious. Tax collectors and prostitutes confess their sin and believe the gospel of the Messiah preached by John the Baptist. But But the religious leaders, well, Jesus says to them, you didn't think you had anything to repent of. You're not sinful. You're righteous. Well, let me tell you, the religious leaders are going to become even more hostile 
and aggressive in attacking Jesus because Jesus is becoming more pointed and convicting in exposing them. See, there are a lot of people out there on the street today who think that Jesus was this meek and mild little wallflower who couldn't help but get pushed around by people. Well, they haven't read very far into the gospel accounts, have they? Beloved, Jesus will tell them the truth so courageously and so forcefully that he will effectively lead them to do what he wants them to do here, and that is put them on a cross. If Jesus visited the average religious establishment today, they'd want to kill him as well. That's because Jesus makes it abundantly clear that religious devotion does not equal genuine faith. Religious traditions do not equal salvation. Some church, some cathedral, some mosque, some temple is not a doorway into heaven. In fact, it may very well be a doorway into hell. And Jesus demonstrates true spiritual authority when he challenges these religious leaders here, right right here in the temple precinct. They questioned his authority when they should have submitted to it. They stood in judgment of him when they, they should have recognized that one day he would be their eternal judge. So let's learn from this, beloved. If we truly love lost people, let's not dilute the gospel. Let's tell them the truth. If your neighbor's house was on fire tonight at midnight, you wouldn't stay in your house and decide that it would be unkind to, you know, go wake them up. Besides, they need a good night's rest. You know, they'd have to run outside in their pajamas, and that would be a little embarrassing. No, because you care about them, you're going to go over there and bang on their door, maybe even kick it down, and warn them to get out while they have time. So also, the most loving thing to do is tell others about sin and the coming judgment. These are truths that will rescue uh, the people that God has placed in the traffic pattern of your lives. Let's be just as courageous as Jesus was. He's telling them the truth. He's telling them the truth in love because he loves them. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You're listening to The Wisdom Journey, and Stephen called today's lesson, When Winning is More Important Than Truth. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. Wisdom International provides Bible teaching resources in nine languages. Learn more about the work we do at wisdomonline.org. One of the resources we offer is a magazine that we publish. Stephen deals with a different topic each month and helps you better understand what the Bible says and how it applies directly to your life. Sign up to receive the next three issues of Heart to Heart at wisdomonline.org forward slash magazine. Join us back here next time.